This is the third of our recordings of the Wooden Overcoats live performances uh, that were recorded at the Horse and Stables pub in Waterloo uh, in London uh, in front of a live audience uh, 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 in the top room of a pub. It's just around the corner from the old Vic. It's like right in the kind of uh, the hubbub of the kind of theatre world uh, on the South Bank in London. Uh, only we were in a pub. Uh, <laughs> we released these as we went along uh uh, releasing the series as the podcast as a sort of way uh, basically to show off to our mates what we were doing uh, and we recorded them all with just a little field recorder mic at the front of the room for us uh, to look over how the live performances worked and also just for our own enjoyment and it's been a, a great pleasure for us to go back over these to get them ready to release to you guys and I really hope you enjoy them without further ado we'll be handing over to our master of ceremonies Mr David Cable. The very first full cast, full studio, full length podcast sitcom about the funerary practice in the world. <laughs> you can download it every Thursday, it'll be on, on from iTunes, it'll be on your phone, and then you can listen to it on the Chew in your favourite embassy. The choice <laughs> is yours. <laughs> Thank Embassy jokes. This is fine. There's a, there's a lot of list of countries later. You'll really, really get with that. <laughs> now, actually, uh, since we saw you last, about two, two, two weeks ago, it's actually been quite busy over at Wooden Overcoats HQ, uh, which otherwise is, is my bedroom. <laughs> Gentlemen. So, uh, <laughs> oh, don't laugh, I'm lonely. So, I, I tell you what, oh, no, no, this, oh, this is true, actually. Mm, yes, I was actually on the BBC, yes. BBC Radio, hmm? BBC Radio Guernsey. And I was invited, there's nothing intrinsically funny about that. It's a perfect lovely channel. And I was there, I was invited on to actually do a little 10 minute spot, trying to sort of convince the people of Guernsey to tune in and listen to the show and like it. I'm very proud to say, as a direct result of that interview, we picked up 11 listeners in Spain. Four listeners in Nigeria. And one listener in Montenegro, <laughs> and absolutely none in Guernsey. <laughs> so it goes to show that I'm immensely appealing to people when I'm 4,000 miles away from them, <laughs> but not very good at whipping up enthusiasm to the people I'm directly talking to <laughs> at the time. Uh, but onwards and upwards, because we also, I'll tell you, this is also actually true, the Daily Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph wrote a little piece about us. They said that we were quietly significant which is, uh, I'm sure, a slogan I am bound to have engraved onto my tombstone. <laughs> I really want to get this done ahead of time. And, uh, oh, I'll tell you what, something that's also happened as a result of today, um, we've actually apparently now made 10,000 downloads around the world. <laughs> and we have been apparently listening to right now in 67 countries and on the rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> Wooden overcoats sort of soothing those Anglo... Argentinian tensions. What <laughs> would the world do without us? But anyway, they don't matter because this tonight, it's all about you here today because frankly we are spoiling you, but oh, you deserve it. Not one, not three, not four, but two episodes of Wooden Air back to back 
with an interval. Oh, you've never had it so good. <laughs> Unless you've been to the last two shows, in which case you have. But I'm not going to be doing this myself. I'm not going to be doing it at all, because I've got a team of professionals who are ready to do it instead. First up, we have our regular quartet. They've done it before. They're here again because they're under contract. We do have our regulars, the delectable Felix Trench. The delightful Beffer. You can clap if you like. Yeah. <laughs> the delightful Beffer. Dining like Peter Baxendale. And Tony Crowley. <laughs> and they will be joined tonight by the salacious gossip of Holly Campbell. This Caswell Heat 2012 Pitt Gladwin. The main action will be narrated by the charm, the sophistication, and the frankly appalling behaviour of Alison Skilder. <laughs> And a special guest for this first episode. This is a man who was born and raised in my hometown of Portsmouth, Iowa. I went to college with him. In fact, the man who was the very first person to put me on a stage doing comedy. And frankly, his career has never transcended such heights again. It is uh, the wonderful, celebrated sketch comedian, Max Alaska. Please put your hands together for all eight of them. <laughs> lies in Channel Island of Piffling, and upon that island is the village of Piffling Vale. Now, on Piffling Vale, there is one funeral home, Fun Funerals, run by Rajah Fun. And it did have the uh, reputation, a solid reputation, hard won, of being the only funeral home on the island. But now, that's all changed, because that charming sex god, Eric Chapman, has set up his own funerary practice just across the square. He's doing tremendously well. He's getting all the funerals. Everybody absolutely loves him, and Rajah's being run absolutely mental trying to one-up his opponent. Also going mental is Rajah's twin sister, the mortician Antigone Fun, who, unbeknownst to everybody else, harbours a deep, passionate lust for Eric Chapman. He's got a saucy series, actually. You should listen to it with your parents. They, they, it would just be embarrassing all around. Um, and uh, she also hides a very deep, tragic sadness in the fact that Eric Chapman only has eyes Rajah's apprentice, young Georgie Crusoe. But when we last left them, two weeks ago, in fact, some of you were there, it was really quite fun, wasn't it? We had, oh good, fine, thank you. <laughs> when we last left them, Georgie Crusoe had spurned Eric Chapman's advances. Rajah Tafan's feeble village fate had been transformed into a wildly successful speed dating competition by, a uh, speed dating event by Eric Chapman. And Antigone Fun has realised that in all matters of the heart, she was well, didn't know where to begin. Also, the season narrated by a mouse. Now, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for episode five of Wooden Overcoats. Thank you. 
my weary paws, crept out from the hole in the skirting board, and wandered into the kitchen to gather the crumbs of Rudyard's toast at the foot of the breakfast table. Jacks for almost a decade to try and secure her funeral. Take a look at today's piffling matters. Yeah. Will it be a leap year you decide? Oh, ah. <laughs> that. Oh, Chapman and Topping make quite the pair at the very first Take Your Horse to Water Day parade. Five minutes with Chapman. That's all it took. Rudyard. Do you know how many flapjacks a man can eat in a decade? Rudyard, perhaps you should be getting out there. Doing the rounds of it, being nice to people. Well, how do you think we need a gimmick like that? <laughs> morning. Good morning, Georgie. No, I was thinking of morning with a unit. Could be only catchphrase like, morning, it's for you all morning. Of course you are, your dog's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Astonishing. I'm great at slogans. Kettle boiled. Knock yourself out. Look at his sulfurous face, smiling at the old hag. Mm, he has very nice skin. Looks like it'll stretch well, good for open casket. He moisturises every morning. Tell me I'm not hate yet. Can't bear it, simply can't. I'm, I'm going to have to. Just you haven't dated him since? Just. Nah, too high maintenance. Interesting. Why? Oh, no reason to shut up. Georgie! Does he smell cockhead? I think it's all. Someone! Pass me the jam, Rajat. You'll die alone. <laughs> Very likely, but I'd still like the jam, please. Cut. That's what you are. Our mother must have birthed you in a freezer. <laughs> Just stop scowling. You even scowled when you were born. Georgie, isn't she always scowling? Look, all I want is some peace and quiet before a full day's work. Is that so much to ask, is it? Has anybody got sugar? Work, fiddling with them farming machines. At least when I do it, I don't flood the whole building. Don't worry, I found it. I'm doing the hard graft. Conducting services, booking appointments, nurturing friends. Oh, what friends? One mouse. No offence, madam. At least I have a friend. What about you? Well, the faces in your life are stiff with rigor mortis. Right! That's it. If I wanted to feel terrible, I'd talk to myself. <laughs> I'm going to my mortuary. Oh, come on, there's no need to get like that about it. <sighs> Damn you, Chapman. They're even ruining our breakfast. 
It's not sugar, but it's Mrs. Forrester. We ran out of burns. Antigone darted straight for the mortuary. I helped myself to a glob of jam and nipped after her. Why do I bother? Why am I still here? Why? I could go out somewhere and meet someone. Just because I have no reason to doesn't mean I couldn't. Who's up first? Ms. Amelia Lonesome, 86. Advanced decomposition due to extended period before discovery. Well, Ms. Lonesome, I see you choked to death on a tiny pineapple and were left alone for several weeks. Which is why you're decomposing, because nobody found you for weeks. Because you lived entirely, entirely, Oh, God! Rudyard's right! I'm going to die alone. Oh, this time I thought I was being discerning, but I've been going about it all wrong. I want to be appreciated. I don't want to be alone. Well, well, I'm not going to be alone. You hear me, Miss Lonesome? You hear me? It's time to put myself out there. Be bold, be brave. No more scowling, no more misery. Henceforward, I will be open and, and bright and the sort of woman that Eric Chapman would... Oh, God! Does that mean I have to be more like Georgie? No, I shall out Georgie, Georgie. Yes, I'd better ask Georgie how to do that. <laughs> Antigone's advice and embarked on a desperate quest to curry favour with the locals. He bought every loaf of bread in the Piffling Bakery, taken cups of tea to workmen on the island, and passed several squirrels without yelling at any of them. <laughs> I found him at the Piffling Golf Club, slowly sinking into the bunker in the rain. Now look here, madam. Mayor Desmond Desmond never misses a round of his Tuesday midday golf. Not even inclement weather can stop him. Yeah, it might skew his aim a bit, but I'd better still be here. Need to get back into his good books after that flipping thing fiasco. One day, that man's funeral will be the biggest on piffling, and I'm going to conduct it, but it's, 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 it's the last thing good I Good morning, Rudyard. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Mayor! Good morning, Mayor! Morning, Mayor! Mayor! What hello! <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish to worry you, but uh, is that a mouse in your pocket? Yes. Don't you have one? No. no uh, well, I'll soon change that. <laughs> anyway, I don't know who the golfing sort. Oh, yes. Love golf. Fantastic game. Oh, what do you par? Well, almost everything. I mean, what's your handicap? How dare you? I was born like this. <laughs> I play off four myself. How about you? I play off 86. Oh, good God, I hope I'm not behind you. <laughs> Are you here alone, Your Worship? Why? What are you offering? <laughs> I just wanted to remind you of the fine services that we provide at fun funerals. Oh, have a box of chocolates. Oh, gosh, oh, thank you. Uh, but uh, I'm meeting someone, actually. Oh? Yes, your friend, smashing chap. Fantastic golfer. You should see his long iron. 
friend. Yes. Eric Chapman, you introduced us. My friend! You, you know, tall and handsome and confident chap who runs the funeral home opposite your... Yes, I know! Oh, dear, I'm terribly sorry. Please don't hit me! Morning, morning. Oh, Eric, thank God. <laughs> you know you're a golfer, Rudyard? Nice plus fours. Equals what exactly? Horrible! <laughs> what? <laughs> I say we should probably play on through, shouldn't we? It's, it's sunny now and everything. But sure thing, Desa. Desa! You wash it! Well, lovely talking to you. Let's do it again soon. Enjoy yourself, William. I do hope you're wearing golfing socks. Golfing socks? Then a pair with a hole in one. <laughs> oh, yes, very good. It's <laughs> a chocolate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Damn it! Damn, 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 damn! Ugh! Oh, fun. Is that you, chap? Go away. Having a moment. Rooster, it's me, Seymour. How are you doing, fella? Seymour? See me, seamster. Seymour, come up and see me and I can make you a millionaire. Look, I've made two and a half just standing here talking to you. Profit. Seymour, profit? You've come back? Yeah, I knew you'd remember. Your father put mine in the ground all those years ago. Quietly and no questions asked, if I recall. Very sporting of him. Oh, he was haunted by guilt for the rest of his life. That's the fun. <laughs> anyway, I just popped back to see the family, laugh at some old friends, that sort of thing. <laughs> you keeping up? You look kind of, well, awful. Thank you. Your legs must be very cold in that kilt. It's so cold. Why is no one else wearing one? I thought everyone wore tartan. I go and talk. I'm in my whites. If they don't like it down at the club, I'll just buy the place. See if they don't let me play golf in my underpants then. Ha! <laughs> right. How about a game? Tiger cancelled last minute. What's your handicap? I was born this way. Look. <laughs> I'm having a terrible day. I can't feel my knees. I'm going home. Shame. And besides which, I've always found you to be the most unethical, nauseous. You'd appreciate the company. Old Granny Profit isn't well at all. Completely brilliant sporting companion. No dear, poor Granny. How is she? <laughs> really bad, poor thing. Really bad. Oh! And so explicit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That was a hole in one. Your grandma. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Very, very sad. Really last legs kind of stuff. Fancy a swing? Oh, yes. Um, Oh. My favourite window! <laughs> I don't want to sound insensitive, Seymour, but may I take this opportunity to remind you of the fine services we offer at fun funerals? Not at all. I respect that. I'll cut to the chase with you runners, because I've always liked you. Really? No, that's just something I say. <laughs> Granny Profit's on her way out, and I haven't spent two decades getting filthy rich just to spend it all on women, Lamborghinis, and an incredibly heavy pocket watch. Oh, can I touch it? No. <laughs> when the olive hits the martini, when it's time for the ones you love, you've got to give something back, and I intend to do that with lots and lots of cash. Well, lots is my favourite number. Anyway, <laughs> got to run, Rudy. A client wants to buy the Isle of Man. But listen, why don't I swing by your place this afternoon and see what you can offer? I love you. It's <laughs> only humans. <laughs> see you, Rudy. Oh, and you better whip out your checkbook. I think the chairman of the club wants a word about that window. Rudyard kicked his heels, hollered for joy, paid off an irate golf club chairman, and cartwheeled home to prepare a funerary package for his new client. Meanwhile, in the mortuary. In you pop, Georgie, and make yourself at home. You've never asked me down here before. Yes, well, I 
Thought you should see the nuts and bones of what I do here. Nuts and bones. That's a joke, but you're not meant to laugh. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Just put on that apron and the plastic shoes like I'm wearing. What are they for? We're embalming people, Georgie. There's a lot you can step in. Now, we're working on Ms. Lonesome here. She's a little squishy, but don't take any notice. Cool. First, we're going to set the features. Make sure she's not winking at anyone during the ceremony. All right, good. Do you have a boyfriend? What? Sorry, is that too personal? Uh, no. No, I'm single at the moment. Mm. And um, have you done a lot of that? Having boyfriends? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've had tongues. Excellent. Oh, very <laughs> so tell me, if you will, how one might go about... What on earth are you doing? I'm asking you about attracting the opposite sex. What is that dead woman's leg? Oh, we're just flexing the limbs to relieve tension. It allows the embalming fluid smooth and easy passage. So do you have a form of courtship ritual or what? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well, there's flirting, I suppose, until they really fancy me and then we start dating. I see, I see, yes. This no. isn't about Eric, is it? What? No, shut up! Well, you asked me this morning if me and him were... It's got nothing to do with Chapman. How could it? You're ridiculous. Don't be silly in the mortuary. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is purely hypothetical. Now, how does one flirt? <laughs> well, I guess you've got to pretend that you feel really sexy, so you let him know that you're a really sexy woman. Pass the scalpel. Well, that's a bit full on for an opening gambit, but you might be into that. No, pass me the scalpel. Oh, here you go. Thanks. <clears throat> you've got to smile all the time, like you're just really happy to gaze into his lovely eyes, and you've got to move languidly, you know a warm, sexy river, and you have to laugh at everything he says, but a really sexy laugh. You're saying sexy a lot. Oh, and you must say the name all the time, that's really important. I read about it, it's science, so it's definitely true. And this works, does it? Probably. I've never done it. People just like me. Do you want to give it a go? Now? Just pretend I'm Eric. It's got nothing to do! Or whoever. Go out there and slink back over to me, gaze into my eyes and use my nail a lot. Oh, and ask questions about me. That's really important, probably. <laughs> important, I see. Well, go on then. All right, all right. Okay. Ready? And sexy river. <laughs> uh, hello, Georgie. <laughs> Good. How are you, Georgie? Good. And now, laugh. Oh, that was a dolphin. Maybe try and make the laugh a little gentler, like this. Babbling brooks and frolicking spring lambs in a gazebo. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Brilliant! I'm almost seduced myself. Don't patronise me. Antigone. I'm in. Mean. <laughs> Why is Ben 
Antigone practiced her spontaneous laughter. In the next room, Rudyard was deep in negotiations. So you see, Seymour, you can have a coffin painted any color you want, so long as you want brown. <laughs> Amazing. And the fur lining wouldn't be a problem? No problem at all. And you're sure you could do the bubble cannons and go-go girls? We can look into it. In the church. Oh, the vicar's very liberal. <laughs> Strange request, I know, but Grandmama was always a bit of an eccentric. We bloody loved her for that. Oh, watch out for the velvet. Wait, I thought she hadn't died yet. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, she probably has by now. You know, we've, we've, <laughs> we've been here a while. <laughs> 106 years old she was. Well, do, do sit down. Would you like a, co uh, a, a coffee? We rented a kettle a few weeks ago. <laughs> Maybe some brandy. Oh, Christ, no. Never touch any of that. Do you juice? Not consistently. Shame. <laughs> People love juices. Should we go over payment options? And smoothies. And have a look at some contracts. You know, the man over the road has put a juice bar in. Winner. Decent bloke, that Chapman. Said he'd give a free smoothie to all of Granny's guests at the funeral. Mean to Chapman's? Solar power, too. You know, Rudy, I think that his ideals and mine might be more aligned. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we haven't even talked about complimentary foam fingers and um, inflatable chairs. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. No, 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 You've got to go with us. We'll throw in the kettle. It's very nearly ours. <laughs> Why are I here shouting? Oh, uh, Seymour Profit. Pleased to meet you, and I think uh, very pleased to leave. Ta-ta. Antigone, do something. Uh, um, oh, uh, Seymour! I'm sorry. What did you say your name was? Seymour? Seymour. <laughs> uh, Seymour! I love that name, Seymour. It's so sexy. <laughs> Do you like your name, Seymour? I've never really. It makes me feel all smiley. <laughs> what are you doing to your face? Your mouth's all bent. <laughs> Seymour, it was so nice to meet you, Seymour. Yes. I hope I'll uh, see more of you. <laughs> do excuse me, I have some light spring gardening to do. <laughs> gardening. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Auntie, I didn't see you there. Uh, let me help you out. <laughs> Uh, Antigone, can you say something? No, what? Shut up, where am I? How are you feeling? Uh, uh, Chapman, look, it's Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> I think she may have concussion. Yes, how sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Her face seems to be contorting. Can you lift your left arm over your head? Oh, like this. I don't think she's suffering any cranial trauma, but you can never be too careful. What are you, a doctor? I studied medicine in Oxford. Of course you did. <laughs> I've simply got to go, Chapman. I must do some light spring gardening. No! Should we help her out of that coffin, or...? <laughs> I'm fine! <laughs> I'll just climb out. Yes. <laughs> coffins. All oh, the coffins. Yes, yes. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> gone. Incredible. I'm sorry about that, Seymour. Do you think she'll be all right? I'll let you know. Off you go. Well, Seymour, you left his Chapman's DVD and vitamin-enriched smoothie over at mine. Oh, I don't think I'll need the marigold stick. I'm proud to say I'll be going with Fun Funeral. Really? Really? 
Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. More, more power to you. That's, yeah, really? Yes, well, you heard the man. Off you pop, Chapman. Okay. Um, yes. Um, Seymour, you don't think you give me sort of a clue, a hint as to why you might have... Enjoy yourselves. Seymour! <laughs> <laughs> May I say what a clever and discerning choice you've made today? What a woman. Excuse me? That would have prowled in. Antigone. Antigone. Oh, what a name. What a woman. The transparent one who just fell into a coffin. <laughs> She's ravishing. Are you sure you mean Antigone? I feel all relaxed, like a warm, sexy rhythm. Are you sure you don't mean Chapman? <laughs> can't think why I've not met her before. Well, she usually hides in the morsel. Absolutely enchanting. See. Would you like my sister to deal with you from now on? Oh, God, yes! Set me up. I do right by her, Rudy. She's like a gorgeous, precious fox of a jewel. Well, I meant she could do you a funeral, but... Uh... If she's involved, you've got my business for life. I want to see a lot more of her. Like, dinner, tonight. Gosh. Well, yes. Awesome sauce. <laughs> I come by to pick her up at seven. And, Rudy, call me the Seamaster. That takes longer to say than Seymour. You learnt it. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. I've beaten Chapman. Ha! And all I had to do was arrange a romantic evening between my sister and... Oh, yes, this could be awkward. <laughs> have they gone? Ah! Antigone, yes. Now, you might be suffering a stroke, but regardless, I think it's time for you to take a more client-friendly role in the business. <laughs> Me again. Uh, oh, he's gone. Never mind. <laughs> you mean in front of the house? Yes. I thought it was strictly downstairs. Well, as it turns out, you seem to have a certain knack with certain people. Really? Oh, your face is doing that thing again. I'm smiling. Yes, well, save it for later. You see, that man, Seymour Profit, is very rich and his grandmother is very ill. Possibly dead. And so, I thought it would be a wonderful idea if you could take him out for dinner tonight. Dinner? Mm, yes, standard practice. I do it with all my potential clients. No, you don't. I do it when you're not looking. You've never <laughs> taken anyone out for dinner in your whole life. Nor have you. So why should I start now? Because this one funeral could get, could get us enough money to keep us going for a whole year. Think about it. I am, and I won't. Antigone. No! You know, if we had that income, we might be able to talk about the automatic embalmer's friend 3,000. <laughs> the 3,000. Do you know how many litres of fluid it can suck out in half an hour? I'm sure it's disgustingly impressive. <laughs> so let me know if you change your mind. It's just one dinner. Um, maybe. Oh, what am I thinking? He nearly convinced me. I can see through you, you know. I'm not a concubine. I said, God forbid. Ah, Georgie, I didn't see you there. I'm great at not seeing you there. Hey, see me here. Let me do that again. Never mind. <laughs> Rudyard wants me to take a client out to dinner tonight, and I sense an undercurrent. This is exactly why I never leave the mortuary. How did the flirting go? Honestly, I have no idea. I did use his name a lot, but then I also fell into a coffin. <laughs> it's powerful stuff, you're flirting. I think you're ready for the next lesson. There's more. The whole world more. And then all you need is practice, which is exactly why you should go out to dinner tonight. I should. You've got nothing to lose. You'll never see him again if it goes wrong. And if it goes right... I could woo him just enough to get his business. And then I'll be the victor at both love and commerce, all on my own terms. Yeah, I guess. Then that's exactly what I'll do. 
Teach me, Georgie. You are my sensei. I must learn to control this unwieldy, sexy river that flows within me. <laughs> you shall, my apprentice. You shall. Take your hand off my shoulder. <laughs> no. <laughs> Antigone made her seven o'clock rendezvous with Seymour at the Piffling Yacht Club Mexican night. <clears throat> and so, how two love birds, how sombreros d'amour, I am a Mexican, <laughs> settled in for the evening. Antigone's flirting resolve was a strong, like the bull. <laughs> so that I could see more of you. I <laughs> uh, used that joke earlier. What's <laughs> that? I mean, you're so funny, Seymour. <laughs> My God. Have you always been this beguiling, Antigone? Oh, uh, maybe, yes. <laughs> uh, my, my, I don't understand a menu at all. No hablas espanol? Carinho de en sonate. <laughs> <laughs> you're so clever, Seymour. Where did you learn to speak Spanish? Oh, my poor little darling, that's Mexican. <laughs> because this is a Mexican restaurant. Well, they do speak Spanish, alongside the indigenous languages like Zapotec, Totonaco, Mayo. I did some research before I came here. <laughs> Zapotec, you're so kooky. <laughs> you know, I feel thrilled and excited by your zany exuberance, but not at all threatened. <laughs> oh, God. Now, wait a minute, look who's over here. Huh? Seymour, Antigone, what a funny surprise. Oh, God, I've got a Chapman, you stunning old tosser. <laughs> Isn't she the finest woman you ever met? <laughs> oh, she's certainly unique. And you both know Mayor Desmond Desmond, uh, my guest for the evening, Seymour, because I'm really quite highly thought of around here. No tits, don't care. Oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Say, this Mexican thing is terribly exciting, isn't it? Ole! <laughs> oh, God, I do hope that wasn't offensive. <laughs> Have you had a look at the menu, Desert? Yeah, I'm afraid I don't always weed everything. <laughs> I'm usually kept very busy, yeah. Well, we'll get our table. You two uh, enjoy yourselves. Oh, defo. With this little cracker to keep me company. Little what? And Seymour, if you wanted a word at all about funerals and that kind of... I think I'll be fine, chap. Oh. Yep, uh, sure. <clears throat> Try not to, uh, spit out your food too far, Chapman. I won't. <laughs> I just meant, because you're so close, within spitting distance, which is a phrase, and you'll be eating, so I just... It was just... just a bad joke. My dad's had a bloody Mary already, Jack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Waitress, more alcohol, please. Yeah, let's order food too, shall we? Waitress? See? Mexico. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, I'd like to have... We'll both have the El Mexican platter to start. Oh. What's the first, senor? And then one El Fish and one El Chicken with <laughs> El Chips. Si, senor. With chips. Gracias. <laughs> I like to moxie. Uh, Tiggy. Oh, what? You keep gazing over at Eric's table. 
So I, I wanted to keep a mouse in my pocket, but all I could find was a toad. <laughs> Suits you. So, Seymour, my brother said you worked in finance. I'm a rich man who keeps rich men richer. Tax avoidance, that's the name of the game. Keep it quiet. Why? Because people with a lot of money want to keep it. That's kind of their slogan. Can't they afford to pay more? Let me cut you off, you poor, deluded fox. <laughs> Economics is a bit more mucho complicado than that. See, my current client made an absolute packet in the 90s working with Donatella in Heroin Chic. Invested everything in North London props and now he's looking to bring it over here to keep it away from Auntie Taxman. Comes to me, I save him 2.5 million, pocket 10% myself, jobs are good. That's sweet. Sweet profit, you mean? Ha! What else can I tell you? Well, I think that's everything. Hobbies, of course. Here's a list. Tennis, swimming, golf, croquet, cricket, lacrosse. <laughs> right. Badminton, boom, downhill skiing. That's very... Not done! Cross-country skiing, <laughs> ice skating, shooting. Shooting! Grouse, rabbits, you know, whatever's in season. Oh, God. Oh, come off it, Tiggy. You deal with death every day. Getting a tiz over a dead rabbit. How will you possibly spend an afternoon stuffing my auntie? Grandma. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she's, uh, she's really fading fast, you know. Won't see out the month. Weak heart. Runs in the family. Still, she's promised me her estate when she goes, and that should uh, soften the blow, huh? Yes. That's a lonely life, mind you, Desert. I thought the girls were beating down your door. Well, there is someone I have my eye on. Tiggy? She works at Fun Funeral. Tiggy! Sorry, I'm not my head. Not the sister. You, you're doing it again. Oh, well, Antigone? Oh, no, no, no. no. Tiggy! Oh, don't be wrong, nice woman, but uh, not my type at all. Talented, mind you. Oh, immensely. Yeah. Tiggy, you're doing that thing again where you're not looking at me. Yeah, I see you You know what? We seem to fit, don't we? We've got the same interests, we find the same things funny. Tell me, Seymour, have you considered open casket? I can do quite wonderful things. Jimmy Changer? No, thanks. You know, many people are concerned about revealing their loved one after death, but it can be a very therapeutic experience. Guacamole? It's made of grass. Not now. <laughs> I don't think we really need to bother with any of that seeing the body stuff, huh? Who cares? Just chuck her in the ground, job done. You just rubbish my entire discipline. Discipline? Damn girl. <laughs> I'd be much happier if you'd let me embalm her properly. No, 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 no. You don't need to see her. Why not? Oh, my auntie was very private person. Grandmother! Yeah, my relatives are dropping like flies. <laughs> see, well, what's going on here? You can't remember who you're burying, whether they're dead yet. You won't let me see the body. You do want us to bury a body, don't you? What? Or would you rather we didn't look into things too much in case we rang up Auntie Taxman? Shh, keep your voice down. What's really going to be in that coffin? The kind of money that dreams are made of. Just a little something for a rainy day. You could come in for a pretty, pretty packet yourself if you just keep still. <clears throat> anyway, that's enough chat. Right, where do you fancy doing it? Doing what? You know, kick things up a notch. Hotel room or back of the Lamborghini? Lamborghini has seatbelts. Oh! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This smiley charade ends now. Dear God, what's happened to your face? It's called a scowl, Seymour. <laughs> Why are you doing it? At me? Because you're a corrupt, sleazy, arrogant wretch. As if that weren't enough, you're trying to get us involved in the tax scam! Chapman? Of course! That's why he wants to go with your lot! It's a tax scam! <laughs> oh, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes, thank you, Chapman. That has been bothering me all day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. as you were. Uh, no, no, no! Don't leave me with her. Don't be scared, Seymour. I'm going home. But before I go, 
Mexico has 68 indigenous languages, and they're all in use alongside the most popular language, which is not Mexican, but Spanish. And guacamole is made out of Carlos. Goodbye. <laughs> no, Eric, I think Piffling ought to have 68 languages. <laughs> I'd sleep on it if I were you, Desert. I never sleep. <laughs> funerals was brisk indeed, and Antigone was relieved to return to her mortuary. One day, you'll meet someone who likes everything about you, and you'll scowl at him every day, and you'll be deliriously happy together. <laughs> Sounds very romantic. Georgie! Why haven't you gone home yet? Roger, I was feeling a bit emotional. The awkward called and said you'd ban him from ever going back. <laughs> now there's justice. I yell at a loathsome pervert. And I'm the one who gets banned. What do you see? The tape was a disaster. Your advice was ridiculous. I am who I am. And even if I do die alone, at least I'll be able to live with myself. Well, that nearly made sense, but have you heard? Heard what? Antigone. Oh, it's you. Why do you all suddenly think it's acceptable to invade the mortuary? I see from your scowl you're back to your old place. Don't give me that, Rudyard. You manipulated me, used me, and if I ever see Seymour again... Well, that's very unlikely. I'm glad. He died ten minutes ago. What? How? Whatever you yelled at him gave him a cardiac arrest. You failed to get the funeral. You kill off the client I sent you to see in the middle of the public yacht club. And you do it whilst Eric the Towrag Chapman, our greatest competitor, is sitting at the next table eating tapas, ready to swoop in as soon as you leave the building. Do you have anything to say? Oh, stop it, Rajard. It was a con. Seymour wanted us to bury millions of pounds in a tax fiddle. <laughs> Antigone, are you telling me a very rich man tried to give us a coffin full of money and you prevented him? You sound sceptical. Tomorrow we take back the cattle. <laughs> he didn't actually kill Seymour, you know. No. He brought the waitress trying to help him and she stabbed him through the eye with a pinata stick. <laughs> oh my. I hope she took her time. <laughs> Antigone didn't come out of her mortuary for several days, finally emerging to pay her respects at the funeral of Miss Lonesome, who was buried with quiet dignity next to the churchyard's old oak tree. Pensions were running very high in fun funerals, and pretty soon, they were going to run even higher. She Stoops to Conquer was written by T.A. Woodsmith and was performed tonight by Felix Trench as Rudyard, Beth Eyre as Antigone, Tom Crowley as Eric, Kira Baxendale as Georgie, Pip Gladwin as the Mayor, Max Aleska as Seymour, and Alison Skilbeck as Madeline, with additional voices by Holly Campbell. Original music was composed by James Whittle. The script was edited by David K. Barnes, and the programme, which was absolutely live, was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Barnes, you Monday night fixture. I really, really want 
I really want to listen to another episode of Water Overcoats. But I also really want to get drunk. Can I, can I do both? Ladies <laughs> gentlemen, of course you can, because we give you a 20 minute interval. And in that time, you can go downstairs, go to the bar, get drinks, or you can even go to the bathroom, the choices are yours, or even have a crafty smoke behind the bike sheds. It's entirely up to you. This is your time. Ladies and gentlemen, do enjoy yourselves and come back, put your clothes on, sit down, and watch and listen to the second episode tonight of Wooden Overcoats. We'll see you in just Oh, hello. You're back and you haven't changed a bit. Oh, what a pity, never mind. Anyway, before we begin, a little personal note before we start episode six. A little personal note for once. My dear Lord Mother has recently become a listener. Wooden overcoats. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> pathos. And in fact, she called me the other day, which is unusual. And she said, Hello, Daniel. <laughs> I said, Hello, Mother. It's been nine years, how's it been? <laughs> she said, Well, listen, listen, listen here, Darren. I've been listening to this wooden overcoats thing, and it's very, very good. I'm going to put you back into my will. I said, Thank you, thank you very much. I've got that £25 will come into charity. There's just one thing about this programme, Daphne, and it's... <laughs> why? Why is it so depressing? Why? Why is it so depressing? I mean, I know you've always been depressing. You've always been a very depressing child. If your father were here and alive, he'd tell you, you've always been a very depressing child. And I said, Mother, my father's still alive. <laughs> and she said, there you go again. You've always been so depressing. Why must you do it, Margaret? And I, I said, why can't, you, why, can't, why can't you be more like that? Tom Crowley fellow. <laughs> He's warm and likeable and cheerful. Why can't he? Why can't he be more like Tom? He's so lovely and fuzzy and warm and cheerful. Why can't he be more like him? Do, do you have his number? <laughs> I said no, and she hung up. But I always thought of that conversation. I thought, no, I'm going to prove her wrong. And I did. I decided I'm going to write an episode of Wooden Overcoats totally free. No sadness. No sadness at all. Just something cheerful and bright and light and gay with relentless action sequences, pulse-pounding action all the way through. So no tears, no despair. Am I lying? Yes. <laughs> and to help me in this deception, we also have with <coughs> there for this episode the morbidly brilliant comedian, actor, clown, and available Tom Tuck. And also our game that we always do at the live shows. And now see if you can spot the moment when Alison Skilbeck plays Madeline and an entirely different character within the same scene. See if you can work out where man is. It's a game that anyone can play. And please do put your hands together for episode six of Wooden Overcoats. <laughs>
you know, you're looking at me as if this is somehow my fault. <laughs> Am I, Roger? Yes, you are. Do you think there might possibly be a good reason for that, Roger? Aside from your vindictive nature? No, I can't. Not at all. Oh, well, Georgie, you don't blame me for our current predicament, do you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Madeline? <laughs> uh, well, I've said I'm sorry. No, you haven't. Haven't I? No. Well, good, because I'm not. I mean, taking this situation empirically, looking at it by and large, I said that the person responsible for all this is Eric Chapman. Since he isn't here with us, you're lashing out at the next best thing, which just happens to be me. <laughs> Roger, as we've already established today, a disturbed penguin would be a better next best thing than you. Well, that's unlikely. But, but you know, a more nuanced perspective. Roger. <laughs> My hands are around your throat. The slightest excuse, Roger, don't hand me. The slightest excuse, Roger, don't hand it to me on a plate. <laughs> came back from that meeting with the lighthouse and told you both that we were both going to... We know. Mm. We know. What? We know what happened, Rudyard. We were there. Yes, but I, I thought you might be interested in my perspective. No. Georgie, how about... No. I wouldn't mind hearing. Yes, you would. Fair enough. <laughs> so you'd rather we just sat here in silence? Bloody well suits me. Me too. Right. Well... Silence it is. <laughs> well, I um, think I'll pick up the baton and fill you in on today's events myself. Given my already justified reason for doing so, what with the writing a book thing, memoirs of a funeral of <clears throat> well, you know the title, don't forget to pre-order. <laughs> so, uh, let's get to it then, shall we? <clears throat> I think events really kicked off that morning when Rajar paid a visit to Blifting Vale's sweet shop, the broken tooth. He stepped in from outside. <laughs> 
the counter to be greeted by the broken tooth's ever conscientious owner, Agatha Doyle. What <laughs> 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 out, fun! <laughs> I was beginning to think we'd lost you. Too many sweets. <laughs> no, no. Not at all. Splendid, splendid. <clears throat> Could you read this sign for me, please? Oh, uh, yes. Eating sweets can seriously damage your health. And this one? Sweets are addictive. And this one? The Care last one? Careless sweets cost lives. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. People should be kept informed, don't you think? Now, what can I get you today, Mr. Farmer? Ah, uh, well, well... Your usual box of sherbet fountains? They cause tooth decay, they're such good fun, aren't they? <laughs> uh, well, uh, what can I get for him? Um, 17 pence. Oh dear. About half a sherbet did that. <laughs> yes. A lolly without the sherbet. Or the sherbet without the lolly. Mm. I think I'll take the lolly, Mr. Well. Thank you. <laughs> Righto. I don't like to pry, but is anything the matter, Mr. Fox? No, 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 just a fallow period. People are too darn healthy these days, I suppose. Really? I just said the opposite. People seem to be dying every day around here at the moment in very peculiar circumstances. Suspicious, one could say. Ah, sure there's nothing to it. <clears throat> I was a sergeant for the Barchester Constabulary before I retired. I know what I'm talking about. I would thought to be off your feet with her. No, 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 I'm, uh, no, 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 I'm, uh... <laughs> May I have my lollipop now, please? <laughs> oh, golly, prattling on. So sorry. Here you are. Thank you. Tell you what, nobody's here. How about I sprinkle a pinch of sherbet onto your lolly for you? No charge. <laughs> For old time's sake. And I shouldn't tell you this, but Mrs. Wilberforce, you know Mrs. Wilberforce? Yes. She has that ceramic hip collection. <laughs> yes. Well, she's terribly poorly right now. Between you and me and the sherbet, I think she'd be very much in the market for booking a service. <laughs> in fact, if you pop round now, you might catch her before she goes. Goes. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, so not a bad idea. Thank you, Agatha. I'll go straight away. Good yard. How's tricks? Hello, Miss Doyle. Uh, two boxes of sherbet fountains, please, and a tray of Turkish delight. I'm celebrating. What's the occasion? I was just passing Mrs. Wilberforce's, and she called me in to look at a ceramic hip collection. And before I knew what was happening, she had booked a funeral. <laughs> well, you can't argue with fate, can you? What would be the point? <laughs> oh, sorry. Do excuse me. Hello? Broken tooth? We're bad for you, but didn't put off. How's life treating you, Rudyard? It's not treating me to anything just now. Is that a sherbet did that? Oh, good idea. I'll just a few of those in myself. Oh. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Rudyard, I don't suppose a, a quick word about what? Uh, Georgie, actually. She, uh, she uh, mentioned me at all. Even in, um, in passing? No. Or perhaps just a sign. You know, like a... Uh -huh. <sighs> Something like that? <laughs> no. I only asked because I hoped, I, I thought, rather, uh, maybe she'd know, maybe, maybe she'd know. No. Right. Look, 
don't tell I mentioned anything, but, but how about you give us some chocolates? From me, just to keep me in the mind's eye. It's ridiculous. You can have a sherbet fountain. Right, done. Okie dokie, I'll tell them. Very odd. Suspicious, one could say. What's going on, Miss Doyle? There's been a couple of deaths at the old lighthouse. You've both been sent for. It sounded urgent. And here we are talking about sherbet. Come on, Richard. Ooh! The game's afoot. I'm dropping my lollipop. Life on the ocean waves, or something even better. What do you say? 
Well, you did uh, threaten to kill me. But you seem trustworthy enough. Yeah, I'm game for a few of Rudyard. Eh, Rudyard? You got five seconds to go. You'll see, Doctor. And may the best undertaker win. Again, displaying the athleticism that comes only to a man whose entire fortunes rest on burying the seagull before six o'clock, <laughs> sped home to fund funerals as fast as he could. Antigone. Mm. Antigone. Mm. <laughs> Antigone. <laughs> that rooms were sweeping with Georgie, not leaning on. What's that book you're reading? Nothing, go away. Island of Passion by Veronica Knight. Georgina, go away. Sounds raunchy. It isn't. Are you reading a raunchy book? No, I'm not. It's a romantic thriller. Go away. Can I read it after you're done? No. Is that because it's a raunchy book? It is not a raunchy book. <laughs> what happens in it? There's shipwreck, and the only survivor is a young woman who gets swept up onto a mysterious island. And all the inhabitants are men. Yes, but... That's not the point. It's not the point, George. It's a deeply philosophical treatise. And raunchy. I'm not reading a raunchy book. Oh, Christ almighty. Can't a woman read a book in the privacy of her own funeral home without being interrogated? Only if it's not a raunchy book. It's not a raunchy book! Now look here, everyone. And take me. Put that raunchy book down. Oh, the love And take me, George. We're at action stations. We're going to get the body in the coffin in the ground on time, and that time is six o'clock this afternoon, and we've got to get cracking. You mean we've got to climb? Yes, we have. Oh, thank God. Who is it? This. <laughs> Roger, that's a dead bird. Yes, it is. <laughs> Georgie, not from unconscious. Sure thing. No, no, no. <laughs> Belongs to the lighthouse keeper. Chapman's got one too. Whoever gives their seagull the best funeral by six o'clock gets the client and the cash. But it's so undignified. Antigone, we need that money! Perhaps this is really what we're reduced to. What's for dinner tonight? Some carrots. Yes, this is what we're reduced to. Right, we've got just over five hours. Antigone, you get embalming. Georgie can lock us up a tiny coffin. I'm going to run around the village and invite the crowds. It's not the best idea. Why not? No one likes you. Good point. You get the bonus out of the coffin. Done. Oh, why is it happening? Oh, we'll need something big if we're going to give Chapman a good, hard thrashing. Yes, I was thinking about something. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yes, watcher. Sure, I, I was thinking it was on the way here. We're going to see it's on the cliffs. Near the lighthouse. We'll bury him there, close to home, overlooking the sea. Xavian fellows wheeling in the sky, and just as the sun begins setting and night unfurls its eternal shroud. Roger, that's actually beautiful. And Eric can shove his seagull off his arse. Thank you, Cry. Afternoon, Rudyard. Chapman! I just wanted to. Oh! Georgie, hi. Great to see you again. What do you want, Eric? Oh, well, you see, uh... Hello! Ah! <laughs> it was deliberate that time. Right. <laughs> anyway, I came to make you guys an offer. It's a trap. Georgie, attack. On it. Well, 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 well. I come in peace. You can put the broom down. We should hear him out, at least. Georgie, stand down. What is it? Chapman, I'm not sure what your plans were this afternoon, but speaking for myself, I'm going to go out, uh, get the yacht out, send it to Piffling Bay, and give my seagull a burial at sea. Damn, that's actually a nice idea. Timmy, hold hard. Invite some friends. Make a probably big thing of it. Fun for everyone. And that's what you've come all this to tell us. Georgie, take no prisoners. No, wait! <laughs> Why don't you share the yacht with me? We can both do our funerals side by side. No funny business. 
Just some rock-solid funeral direction with all our friends and a cracking buffet to finish off with. What do you think? Why are you offering this? Because it, it's not worth it, the contest. There's no point. You mean because you're bound to win it anyway? No! Well. No, 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 that's not what I meant, no. No, well, no, well, that's what you just said. I mean, no, well, obviously I'm going to win. That goes without saying. That's not what I meant. No, well, I don't even care if they live or die. That's ridiculous. Is it? Tell me that you care, Eric. Tell me that you care! Stop shaking me! Well, it doesn't make a difference, Antigone. Stop shaking me! My arm! Well, fine this afternoon, Woodyard's come up with his own idea for a funeral, and it's an absolute blinder, isn't it, sir? Yes, yes, it is! Make your burial at sea look like a trunk in a ditch. Rudyard, there's something you should know about Captain Sodbury. Thinks your wind has got another thing coming. Basically, Chapman, we already have plans this afternoon. So you should probably go back to yacht and fiddle with your fair, shouldn't you? I. Sure. Yeah, you know what? Fine. Do what you want. I am really not fussed, so if you'll excuse me, I'm going out to the harbour to put the fun in funerals like, let's face it, I always do. <laughs> oh, look! What fantastic weather for a day in a yacht! Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> You've all the pompous, arrogant virals! <laughs> I just want to check something. <laughs> Oh. Right, let's show him how it's done. This is a fun funeral, dammit. Time to get our gloom on. And that's how, four hours later, Rudyard's crew found themselves at the Piffling Cliffs, standing solemnly around a seagull's grave, I'm sure quite unperceived, and perhaps regretting certain words hastily expressed four hours ago. They are having fun on that yacht, aren't they? If they're having fun, they aren't doing it properly. <laughs> Captain Sodbury will admire our sincerity and staunch adherence to tradition. Rudyard, there's no traditional way to bury a seagull. Then we shall begin that tradition. Uh -huh. This is very strange. Rockhold. Georgie. Helps us look miserable. Believe me, Rudyard, we aren't pretending to be miserable. <laughs> well, let's just do it, shall we? No one's here yet. Georgie, where is everyone? Over there on that yacht. Including the pickup? Yep, there he is, dancing under the limbo stick. I brought one, Dad. Your grandmother doesn't count. Oh, my friends are dead. Not now, Dad. <laughs> Ahoy, Rudyard! What? Where? Top of the lighthouse, Richard. Oh, uh, afternoon, Captain. They've got a yacht over there. <laughs> yes, we know. Buried at sea, clapping stuff. It's a tear to my eye, as salty as the brown I clean, brine I clean my mouth out with before bedtime. I can't imagine that's a healthy option. Don't tell him that. When's your funeral? Oh, we're kind of doing it now. What? <laughs> Is that it? We've felt an, um, an intimate group would better match the solemnity of the occasion. They've got a yacht over there. <laughs> yes, we know. Couldn't you get a yacht? Didn't want a yacht! But they've got a yacht over there! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know! <laughs> and it's raining! It's not my fault! Doesn't rain on a yacht! What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm gonna slap some cologne on and go to this funeral. <laughs> no, no, wait! Come back! <sighs> Fine. Antigone, Antigone, would you get your head out of that novel? Is it a raunchy one? No, it isn't. 
Antigone, could you focus, please? On what, Rudyard? It's a complete and utter washout. Face it, he's beaten us again. We won't go down without a fight. Who cares? Rudyard, what is the point? You're actually asking me that? Yes, I am. Guys, come on. Because we've got to try. Why? Are we standing in the cold and the wet, burying a seagull that doesn't appear to have a name? It does have a name! I just couldn't remember which bird I picked up! Look, just give up, Roger, for God's sake. Give up? That man over there is Eric Chapman. And he'll always be Eric Chapman. What's that supposed to mean? It doesn't mean anything, it's just a fact. No, 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 no. come on, come on, what are you saying? Nothing. I'm You're not good enough. We're not good enough. He... Look at him! He's throwing a party on a yacht! Yeah. With a fireworks display! We're just not good enough! Roger. He might always be Eric Chan, but I'll always be Rudyard Fun. And I've got to go keep going until Rudyard Fun is a better person to be than Chapman. It's half past five. Still got half an hour. And I think I've got an idea. Where are you going? To meet him at his own game! Christ alive! Come on, George, you better get after him. Fine. I'm sorry to trouble you. Where's the yacht again? In the sea. Ah. Congratulations! This funeral must be your wildest yet. Thank you, Dezza. I'm sure it's the way that Torville would have wanted it. I respected that seagull, you know. Had a sense of humour. Oh, one of the best. Sad to see him go. Do they know what killed him and the other one? No, they don't. It's a mystery. Suspicious, one could say. Ah, hello, Miss Doyle. Top up? Thanks awfully. Vodka top. Uh, well, uh, hang about, Eric. I'm, uh, I'm going to make a speech. Uh, Marjorie, uh, where's that microphone? Here, you're worse. Ah, ah, yes. <coughs> is, uh, is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, but seriously, is it on? I don't want to waste my time. It's on, sir. Where's your evidence? Here, you. <laughs> exactly. <coughs> right, let's go. Ladies, gentlemen, thanks to the entrepreneurial spirit of fine people like my friend Eric Chapman, here, the, the man who put the fun in funerals. <laughs> Piffling is on the up. After a suggestion made by Mr. Chapman some weeks ago, we can now boast two hospitals. And I'm sure Dr. Edgware is as pleased as Punch about that. We need more doctors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sure we do. Anyway, I don't want to be a party pooper, so let me just say this. We may still be a village, but we are very nearly a town! Now, where's that naughty reverend got to? Nigel! He's throwing up over the railing. Oh, poor fellow, I'd better look after him. No, sir, you're round, Marjorie. Yes, sir. Chapman! Yes, Marjorie? That wasn't 
me, sir. Over here, Chapman! That sounds like... Down there, Mr. Chapman. On the rowboat. Good Lord. Chapman! We know you're up there! Oh, this is actually more humiliating than I thought it would be. Sir, can't we just drop a seagull over the side finally and go home? Never. I made love in a rowboat once. <laughs> We're very bumpy. We've all done Hi there, fun funerals. What can I do you for? I'm giving you a taste of your own medicine. You fancy giving me another cocktails? I'll get the gangway. We don't need cocktails, Chapman. I wouldn't mind a daiquiri. Not now, no, no. Don't you think you're taking this all a bit far? Not nearly far enough, Chapman. We only play to win. Look, Rudy, I don't care about the contest. This isn't healthy. The only thing unhealthy around here is your volovar. That's a stretch. I haven't tasted them. Look, for something off the cuff, I thought that was really quite good. You win! Yeah. Right? You win. I concede defeat. We don't need your pity! We have fireworks, we have special guests. What special guests? We've got Michael Douglas. Oh, who's beat twin? No! Eric! <laughs> What's going on? We're about to play Twister. Give me a second, Desmond. Look, Rudyard, all of you. Are you coming aboard and playing Twister with us or not? I've not played Twister since I made love in a robot. That's enough, Nanny. No, thank you, Chapman. We're going to go out there and give this seagull the funeral he deserves. We're going to get the body in the coffin in the ocean on time. Georgie, get rowing. Fine. <laughs> Extraordinary. You're Shirley Temple, Mr. Chapman. Oh, thank you, Margaret. You're worried. I am. Not for myself. Right then, Mr. Douglas, right hand on green. Oh, and he's done it! <laughs> on Rudyard's orders, Georgie rode as furiously as she could until eventually, well, here we are. Adrift, tired, and nowhere to go. And still with a dead seagull to dispose of. Still, I should be grateful. They haven't tried eating me yet. What time is there? Can't see my lunch. I'm taking it. Let me the torch. No, I'm reading my book. I wonder, passionately by Veronica Mount. Yes. Is it the one where the girl gets washed up under one eye? Yes, yes, that one. Oh, my. Oh, baby, it isn't. Shut up, go away. Oh, that's it. Wait, George. Yeah? The stars are out. You can navigate us home. No, I can't. You said you could. No. So I could find the North Star. Well, where would that take us? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you want to go to Greenland? No. I met my Harold in Greenland. I don't care. He were Danish. I said I don't care. Don't talk to Nana that way. Sorry, Nana Cruiser. Don't worry. I'm used to getting yelled at by undertakers. <laughs> could you all keep quiet? Some of us are trying to read. When are we going to San Marino? San Marino. Yeah. Like, you put in front in charge of the village fate, remember? And then you burst in and said, we're emigrating. And then I said we should go to San Marino. And then you said, okay, we'll go to San Marino. So I just wondered, you know, why don't we go to San Marino? Georgie, that was two weeks ago. <laughs> so why did I? I don't want to go to San Marino. The rest of us might want to go. Antigone, do you want to go to San Marino? I want to die. There you are, she doesn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Get out and swim for it then! I'm not leaving Nana behind. Oh, don't worry about me, do you? And 
you can't swim to San Marino because it's surrounded by Italy, so you'd have to swim there and then take a box. Well, go on then. Have I got a bus there? No. Georgie, we're not going to San Marino and that's fine. Besides, we settled on that to consider. Will you two shut up? Shut up, both of you, just shut up, shut up, both of you, shut up, shut up! Well, someone's in a bad mood. <laughs> you do realise we're going to die out here. Oh, you were all for it a few minutes ago. <laughs> I want to die quickly and painlessly, not stuck out here dying slowly of dehydration, starvation, heat exhaustion and boredom listening to you two going on and on about San Masolimarino! Do you know how long it could take us to die out here? Days into weeks, maybe months? We'll drink the seawater and go mad, our eyes lolling in their sockets, skin hanging off our bones, too weak to even lift a finger, until we gasp our final dust-laden breath and disintegrate into a blue Didn't have any friends at school, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Neither did you. Didn't want any friends. But that's even more pathetic. Oh, Rudyard, what's it don't like me? That was her. Oh, Rudyard, is it weird to bite a head of slimmers? Oh, Rudyard, why am I allergic to toothpaste? Rudyard. Yes. I'd known my fellow passengers would succumb to psychotic hysteria, but. As I watched Antigone slowly pick up her brother and dump him into the sea, <laughs> I mused that it was happening rather sooner than I expected. It's wet! It's really wet! He's fallen in the water! Yes, Nella. <laughs> 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 we should probably help him. Oh, give me one good reason why. Oh, my socks are damp. That's a strange way to lose a feather. By stranding us in the middle of the ocean. Well, when was the last time you can remember us getting through an hour without mentioning Eric Chapman? My God! You're right! I can't even remember when I even came out here. To throw a dead seagull overboard, and we haven't even done that yet. The fish here are stealing my shoes! <laughs> it all seems so futile, doesn't it? Give me those shoes back! <laughs> Should we bring him in anyway? No catcher's death. Oh, give it another few minutes. However, before the three women could properly bond over the sight of a drowning undertaker, <laughs> from the darkness appeared a very familiar yacht-shaped chip, which turned out to be a yacht. <laughs> Ahoy there! Well, now I'm hearing things. Delirium kicking in, finally. No, I heard it too. Ahoy there, fans! Oh, look! Is that a lovely Mr. Chapman? Our knight in shining armour. Bit parky out here, isn't it? Bit with you in a jiffy. It's very dashing, isn't it? Very heroic. Yes, well, some people like that sort of thing. Evening all. Fancy Shirley Temple. How did you find us? The Captain Sodbury has all his seagulls microchipped. We homed in on Hardy. We? Ah! I hit you! Yes! <laughs> Yes, he's here too. Where's Rudyard? I threw him into the ocean. Fair enough. Rudyard! Oh, God, it's you! <laughs> Grab hold of the oar. No, I don't want to. Oh, for God's sake, you can't have been rescued properly. Rudyard, stop mocking about. I don't need your pity. But you've won the contest. What? We've won? But we didn't even finish the funeral. Ha! No! Ah! <laughs> this wasn't about funerals. It was about striving into the unknown. Battling against adversity. It was about 
Behaving like a true buccaneer. I still think that message was very unclear. It would be too <laughs> soon. Yeah, yeah, right, let's move on. We won! Antigone, Georgie! We sure did. Madeline! We won! My eventual funeral and the mystery chest. The treasures of a lifetime on the ocean waves! Damn it, Rudyard, there aren't any. What? He's not even a real captain. Until tonight, the only thing he'd ever sailed in was a pedalo. Exactly. <laughs> so, what's in the chest? Three hundred unsold copies of Island of Passion by Veronica Knight. Why do you have those? Because he is Veronica Knight. <laughs> the most infamous erotic novelist of the Channel Islands. <laughs> you just won yourself a chest full of red hot literature. Same time, same place, in two weeks to do our fourth and final Wooden Overcoats live show. It's episode seven, eight, by Miss Cordelia Lynn and myself. And uh, so if you want to find out if Antigone is about to do anything drastic or who murdered those poor two seagulls, you can find out then. Or, if you'd like, you could even download the program itself, the podcast that we've uh, released every Thursday on either iTunes or your preferred podcast client, or indeed from our website, 
www.bootlegercoats.com. And in the podcast version, we had even more of that wonderful music by James Whittle. All the music we hear, including the uh, Mariachi Band, is all done specially for this programme. And there's far more of that to come in all the other episodes. And there's even more sound effects and soundscapes done by wonderful directors and producers, John Wakefield and Annie Goldhart as well. All of that in the podcast. And um, if you, uh, if you, well, here's another thing. If you really enjoyed what you've heard from today on the live shows, or you enjoy the podcast as well, please, 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 do tell all of your friends. Because the more people who listen to us, the more people will remember us once we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, go on, get out your crazy kids. Get married, name a planet, save the dolphins, make me proud. <laughs> We've been wooden overcoats. Good evening, and once again, enjoy yourselves. The Wooden Overcoats live performances were recorded in front of a live audience at the Horse and Stables pub in Waterloo, in London. Yeah.